From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 254 for the week of February 20th, 2014. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team. Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Malata-Willie, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. In this week's show, Dizzer Lisa Kramer returns with a trip report from her recent Disneyland vacation. And artist Dave Avanzino chats about some upcoming appearances at the Disneyland Resort. All that plus this week's news, roundtable rapid fire, and our Diz Sports Threat of the Week on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello everyone. Hey. Howdy. Hello. Hey there, hi there, ho there. Did we all survive Valentine's Day? <laughs> I, I, I need more chocolate. <laughs> Let's have chocolate. <laughs> the thing that sucks is Valentine's Day falls, like, right after my anniversary, so it's just... There's no way to top it. No. Well, and, and what really stinks is trying to send my wife flowers for, for anniversary. I've stopped trying because my anniversary's on the 8th, and, like... The rates, the triple rates for oh. Valentine's Day have already kicked in, so yeah, that's my excuse. I'm going to help Tom out. This is what Tom should have said. You know what's great is that not only do I get to celebrate anniversary, then right after, I've got to challenge myself more to show how much I love Christy <laughs> and and do Valentine. Like, I love it. It's great. <laughs> it shows, like, I'm just saying. <laughs> Luckily, she doesn't listen to the show. Well, so. you know, didn't you just celebrate your... Dating anniversary, first like day they met, before yeah, your yeah, yeah. marriage yeah. That's, that's anniversary. Four da- that's that's four days before our marriage anniversary. Okay, okay, I'm well, just three, saying three years, three years and four days before. But yeah. anyway, February's Tom Bell Love Month. Yes, it is. <laughs> we love you, Christy. I have, I have music going in my head that I'm not going to sing. All right, <laughs> um, any housekeeping? I have housekeeping. Go oh. ahead, Tony. Yes, Tony, I go first. You. Yeah, th- thank you. Thank you for that, Nancy. Um, mm-hmm. A while back, I did a review of Fire and Ice, the American Mongolian barbecue. Do you guys remember that? The big grill yeah. and it's American food? Yes. And so um, Andrew and I went back again just to go. And um, I got some – they have some new items. And I talked a lot to one of the grill boys. That's what he calls himself. <laughs> I have a hard time saying it, but that's wow. what he called himself. And so I got a little more information, but they've also added some stuff to the menu and everything. One thing is I went on a weekday and it was raining and there was nobody there. Not because it's not doing bad, it's not doing well, but there was nobody there at like... Because when we went, it was packed. It was 5.30, yeah. And, and so I was talking to the grill boy, in air quotes, that's what he calls himself. And he said, um, uh, I asked him about their new menu item. And then I'll tell you a little bit. But um, they have pizza available. Hmm. Only Mondays through Thursdays, which we can infer then because Friday through Sunday is packed. Yeah. So... It w- like it on a weekday, is- there's hardly anybody there, but on the weekends, it's packed. So it's only Monday through Thursday. And I asked him why, because of time or whatever. And he said, actually, it was interesting. He said, it takes too much heat off the grill. And wow. so how they do the pizza, uh-huh. and this is not an additional charge again. And we had one. And I mean, you're making it yourself. The dough is nothing special. It's more just a way to eat more stuff on it. But um, <laughs> they have dough, and then they... They grill it. They put it on the, the Mongolian grill and then whatever toppings you want on it. And they have marinara sauce and everything. And um, So, um, yeah, they have pizza Monday through Thursday. So that's an addition. Um, I asked them about some of the suggestions that we had talked about the last time we did, when we did the review. Did they, did they, had they listened? No, no. I, I asked. I told him. I never told them until. Well, oh, sorry. No, no. no did they listen no, to the review? They didn't. Um, but I asked him and said um, the idea of having a piece of paper where people check stuff off. And he said, actually, if you really talk to your server, they can give you suggestions, even though I like my paper idea better. And I talked to him since there was nobody really there. And um, he was giving suggestions of things he makes. I was like, oh, I never thought of that. So he talked about um, mac and cheese. And he just makes it himself. Like, you use chicken, Alfredo sauce, and then he uses mozzarella cheese. And so... What's interesting is there's a lot more stuff that can be made. It's just you have to know, like again, it goes like you need to have like a, a game plan going in. Uh-huh. And um, but if you can talk to the grill boys, that's what he said. 
I said, oh, this is kind of my specialty. And then one who's at the brunch is really good with, you know, pancakes, whatever. But he said he kind of just makes up stuff, like his chicken jalapeno pizza kind of thing. And so um, if anybody goes, I would say talk to the grill boys. Again, he called himself that. Um, or your servers. And then um, look at everything, sit down, and think about it again. But it's hard to do that because you're there, you're hungry, and the food's right there, and you want right. to get on to the grill. But um, like, yeah, he we made mac and cheese at his request, like what he said he was good at. And Andrew loves mac and cheese. And so we went – it was Alfredo sauce, mozzarella, penne. I was like, oh, what do you suggest? And then he told me, oh, and he and um, we put a bunch of bacon in it because, you know, it's bacon. Because yeah, <laughs> and um, we liked it. But I think next time what we're going to do – and I'm all whispering so that the grill boy doesn't hear um, – is I didn't like that he used mozzarella. He should have used, I thought, American and cheddar. But he can make it because it's so hot, grill like it's like a real mac and cheese. But um, basically, so they have pizza. It's Monday through Thursday. And if anybody wants to go, that's a, again, it's a new piece. And um, if anybody wants to go, go ahead and talk to people there to get your help. But that was the – and, of course, Garden Walk, there was like hardly anybody there, which is sad. But, but yeah, Fire and Ice. That's the update on Fire and Ice. Cool. Thank you, Tony. Any other housekeeping? Me. Go ahead, Nancy. Interestingly enough, when we went to, you know, I talked last week about going to um, the Pacific Wharf Cafe and stuff. You know, you cannot get a kid's meal size mac and cheese order anywhere in California Adventure except Flows for as far as counter service goes. That's a good thing, right? That there's a variety. Yeah, there is a variety. But, you know, they used to have that kid-sized portion of mac and cheese at Pacific Wharf Cafe. And now they just have the toddler portion. Toddler so portion? Kid, yeah, the, you know the little tiny toddler cup? Which, it, it's just a little tiny cup, perfect for a toddler. You know, and it comes with applesauce and stuff. But they replaced their um, kid-sized portion with the Power Pack. Which is, you know, yogurt and that kind of right. stuff. So it was just very odd to me that you don't have those options anymore. You either can get them a sandwich at Pacific Wharf Cafe or a Power Pack. So we had to like change our food location just because of that. But at least Flo's gives you mac and cheese with fruit, which is very nice. <laughs> but no, I mean, serious, if you've got a kid who's jonesing for mac and cheese, I'm telling you, it's not pretty. <laughs> what? Nothing. All right, any other Mary Jo knows what I Mary Jo knows what I mean. See us, Mary Jo. <laughs> um, I just have a quick one. Um, at the end of February, um, mm-hmm. the Disneyland Divas will be at the Disneyland Resort. And Woo-hoo! this is a, a group that's been started by Beth Uranga. And <clears throat> the first time we got together in 2008, there were 30 of us. Now we're looking at about 100 ladies who are going to be descending on Disneyland Resort Wednesday um, through Sunday. And everybody's going to be wearing um, the same, almost everybody's going to be wearing the same color T-shirt on on um, each day and a scavenger hunt on Saturday. And it's a lot of fun. We'll be having a meet and greet. They've been working hard, um, the different committees who put this together. So if you see us in the parks on that weekend, stop Run. and say, hi. no, no, come on. It's a bunch of night... Great, great They're people. They're wonderful ladies. Yes, and we have a lot of new ladies joining us this year, and um, we also have um, some real friendships that have developed out of these meets. They don't. Yeah. We we don't only get together at this annual meet. We get together at different times throughout the year, depending on what the different events are. And um, quick shout out to Melody for designing our beautiful t-shirts. The t-shirts are gorgeous this year. Oh, every year she, she does them all by hand um, and she blings out the ones and they're just really nice. So I'm really happy with my t-shirt collection. And then Callie does our lanyard um, 
which is my profile on Facebook right now. So there, it's a lot of fun. And again, that's going to be at the end of February with a bunch of Diz ladies having fun in the parks. No husbands, Very no cool. children. Cool. Will you be having a single ladies dance? <laughs> the whole weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, you had something else? Um, yes. Okay. It's time for the third <laughs> annual, third annual Disneyland Phantasmic, because remember, we're retiring Phantasmic, um, March Madness Tournament. It's about to come up. So. Phantasmic Memorial? Memorial? No, not Memorial. It didn't I'm kidding. die. We, I'm kidding. We, it's like the, okay, I know that there's not a lot of sports understanding here on the team, but just like the <laughs> Vince Lombardi trophy, it's like a big thing. We can, we can, it doesn't have to die. Um, so, um, so. Basically, if anybody has any suggestions, that doesn't mean we're going to take them, but um, if you want to go ahead and um, email the team on ways to, on maybe what brackets we should have or any other different creative ideas to do this, but it is our third annual, so um, third annual, wow. Yay. That's great. Like, I can't, I, when I said it, it kind of took me back, but, um, or any yeah, ideas or those. suggestions, not that they're, po- they might not be possible, but still, let us know if you have any ideas for the, uh third annual co- I, was, I just read the YouTube video of the college basketball theme. I was going to say college basketball. <laughs> Our third annual Disneyland Fantasmic March Madness Tournament. So, Tony at WDWinfo.com There you go. Yep. Okay, well, now that he's done with that, I am going to remind <laughs> everybody about the Give Kids the World meets. Because it's time again, and there's a few new dates and a few new ideas popping up on the boards. Um, reminder to everybody, there is a forum for the Give Kids World events on the Dis Unplugged podcast forum. There's a sub-forum there. Um, coming up very, very soon, the North Texas meet, March 22nd. So everybody who is interested in being in the Fort Worth, Texas area at that point, um, get a hold of them. And uh, it's March 22nd from 4 to 7. And the entry is 15 a person. So next one up, coming along, is the New Jersey meet. And theirs is April 25th to 27th, and it is a weekend, and it is being held in, it is being held in Bridgewater, Somerville area of New Jersey. So look for them. They're so much fun. Yeah. Good folks. And like I said, these weekend events are really great. Um, In June, we have June 13th through 15th. Head on over to Hershey, Pennsylvania, in the Harrisburg Hershey area, and there will be another Give Kids the World event there. Hershey is a lot of fun. I haven't been there since I was a small child. I was just there in in Hurricane, not Hurricane, in the in Hercules. So I didn't really go outside much, and I drove in snow for the first time. It's exciting. Yay! <laughs> but I did get some. <laughs> I got some good Reese's Reese's gear. No. So. Did you were, did you have to use the ice scraper to to clean off the windshield of the car? Maybe like I had no idea what any of this stuff was. All I know is that if you drive twenty five miles an hour, it takes you a long time to drive from Philadelphia to Hershey, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a uh, and then. Uh, speaking of excitingness in in that snowy neck of the woods, August eighth through tenth, Nova Scotia meet. So if you are up in Nova Scotia, that is a proven good time. Um, The folks who went there last year had a blast. Um, So look on the board for that one. Indianapolis actually has dates now. It is September 6th and 7th. So it is Memorial or Labor Day weekend. Um, Now there's a couple that are popping up. We don't have dates yet for October for our Arizona meet yet, but we'll keep you posted. Um, There's a couple now that are trying to get off the ground. Uh, Kansas City Mm -hmm. is looking at one. Kentucky, there's another one. 
And, uh, let's see, there was one more. I don't remember. And then, Tom, you're hosting the, uh, Coasting for Kids? Coasting for Kids, that should be coming up, those, that should be coming up soon as to, as to be able to sign up, but that's usually in the... June? Like, second weekend of June, yeah. So, there we go. Yep. So, lots of stuff on the go. Very exciting. I was, uh, first, I was like, okay, what is she signing me up for? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> All right, thank you, Nancy. Any okay. other housekeeping? Yes, I have yeah, housekeeping. Michael. Again, reminder, uh, it's coming up just in a couple of days. We have our Dapper Days Disney. Yay. So, yep, Saturday, February 22nd, we're going to be at the Outdoor Hearthstone Lounge at 5 p.m. at the Grand Californian. I know that uh, Mary Jo's looking at getting that glow teeny <laughs> fix. Yum. Or two. <laughs> and Sunday, February 25th, we will all be meeting at the Disneyland River Bell Terrace at 1 p.m. And for fun and frivolity, and then we will go to the Mark Twain Mixer at 2 p.m. And then who knows what wildness we'll, we'll plan from there. <laughs> so so put on your dancing shoes. We're going to be there in just a couple of days. Come see Mary Jo's fabulous <clears throat> new dress. Oh, Yeah. Yes, and and I have a second housekeeping. Tom is not the only one celebrating. I have my glass of Lasseter wine because I'm also celebrating an anniversary. It was on the 18th that I became a member of the Diz Unplugged podcast. Disneyland. Uh, it's been that long. It has wow. been. Yes, yeah, seems longer, doesn't it? It does. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, so I'm I'm celebrating and saying it's been a great year. I really enjoyed being part of. I, I'm enjoying being part of the team. Can't believe it's we, gone that quickly. I know. I know. Wait, when when is our anniversary? Wasn't it about this time about five years ago, Mister Tony, that oh, we became no, part of the Diz family? I have. It's been so. I have no idea. No idea. None. Oh no, you're man, right. You are so bad no, with anniversaries. It was. Well, how, do, how do you know? We that? got our, our really letters, good with our emails. You don't know, um, but um, you're right. This is was it five? Wasn't it longer? Five than that? years? Can you believe it? That you and I have been with the Diz. Yeah, wow. I'm okay. That's crazy. To me, it's uh, it's yeah. crazy. Okay, guys. This yeah, this is our third anniversary of the podcast. By the way. Which I totally, totally flaked on February seventeenth, two thousand one. Seriously, it was our first episode. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations, yeah. everyone! Congratulations. <laughs> I need a drink. <laughs> I have, I have my last sitter wine. There you go. <laughs> All right, folks. Um, thank you for the housekeeping. Let's head over to Tony with the news. Okay. An economic boon has been seen with a major trade show recently in Anaheim. The third largest annual event at the Anaheim Convention Center brought in thousands of professionals in industries ranging from medical devices to food and the millions of dollars that they spent. The Southern California Advanced Manufacturing Trade Show is a cluster of seven conventions under one roof that ran recently at the center. There were about 42,000 attendees, exhibitors, and staff calling it the largest comprehensive manufacturing exposition and professional development conference on the West Coast. That's a mouthful. The event had an impact of $11.3 million on the region, where visitors ate in restaurants, shopped in stores, and stayed in hotels, said Elaine Calley, a spokeswoman for the Anaheim Orange County Visitor and Convention Bureau. Attendants were expected to book 5,000 hotel rooms. The, the official numbers aren't in yet. The 2,000 booths displayed products ranging from 3D printing and medical devices to robotics and plastics, according to the organizers. The show is the largest in the United States for advanced manufacturing and biggest in the world for medical devices, devices said Stephanie Hawkins, a spokeswoman for UBM Canon Conferences. There were also educational events for professionals and Orange County kindergarten through 12th grade teachers. So that convention center keeps moving along, and it's funny that we kind of we report on it but if I'm not reporting on it, I forget all about the convention center. That like people actually right. go to conventions use and use it. Yeah. Just like it's kind yeah. of just there, and you forget about like oh the Hilton. You forget oh, but that's for the convention center. You know so. Any more ex until you try until you try to book a room the first day of the Nam convention. Yeah, there or you something. Go. 
But in more exciting Diz Unplugged vacation planning news, yay! Garden Grove, you know, just like I said in the last show, a hop, skip, and a jump. Um, from actually, this is much less than a hop. It's just a hop. Um, from the <laughs> Disneyland Resort, as Garden Grove has been working to improve their uh, getting tourists there, their much delayed water park and hotel construction is going to start this spring. A project to build a hotel and water park on Harbor Boulevard is set to break ground this spring. Garden Grove Mayor Bruce Broadwater said, "The hotel and water park will include about 18,000 square feet of retail space that will be heavily financed with public funds." City officials will pay $47 million to developer McWinney Enterprises as well as give the 12 acres of land along Harbor Boulevard to the company for the project. The development will be franchised and operated by Great Wolf Lodge Resorts. We don't want, to, we don't want it to start next spring, Broadwater said during the annual State of the City speech. We want it to start tomorrow. Most recently, construction on the 600-room hotel and a three-acre indoor and outdoor water park was expected to begin in December, according to a city staff report. The project was originally announced in 2010 with a grand opening planned for 2012. The start of construction has been delayed as city officials work to short financing and get state approvals. Developers and city officials are hoping the resort will open by June 2015 in time for... The anniversary. 60th anniversary of Disneyland. so bad with anniversaries. Disneyland's 60th <laughs> anniversary in nearby Anaheim. The water park project has the potential to generate $8.5 million in tax revenue in its first year of operation, according to a staff report. Broadwater's comments came during the annual State of the City address at a luncheon sponsored by the Garden Grove Chamber of Commerce at the Crown Plaza Resort. In the speech, Broadwater, the city's longest-serving mayor, touched on new development, tourism, business achievements, and the work of city employees. Oh, this is kind of close, maybe not. I can look at the map. Broadwater also said a Walmart Supercenter at Gilbert Street and Chapman Avenue will open in May. The store was originally expected to open in fall 2013. So if you're going to Disneyland, Garden, I think the water park, if it's anything, is going to be a huge draw. Because it's the one thing that's always been the rumor for Disney to have. Or not the one thing, but one of the things, like the third gate. And it'll be interesting that this hotel is going to have one. Did they say what um, brand hotel it is? Great Wolf Lodge. Yeah, they have several all over the country. I never heard of them. Okay. Oh, yeah, Google them. They're really famous in in the Midwest and North. People love it. Yep. Yeah, they're all over um, Grapevine. In the East. Hey, the most important thing, there's one in Wisconsin Dells. And if anybody knows anything about Wisconsin Dells, they have all that stuff. There's one in Williamsburg. Um, Grand Mount Washington, Niagara Falls, Poconos. Um, yep. But they, they have 11 water parks nationwide. There's a new one opening in New England. Wow, they have a lot of them. And they have deals with the whole you get the water park and do the um, get the hotel too. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm really interested because it's the first kind of – well, it's the first water park. Within a hotel, yeah. like it's 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 a big. Um, I, I'm really coming up with the. I know what I know. Nancy knows what I'm thinking. I just don't know how to articulate it right now. <laughs> like it's the it's, first bit, like where you would maybe not saying you wouldn't go to Disneyland, but the hotel where you would go maybe just to stay at a quality of hotel that you would go to just to stay at the service, hotel. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a comprehensive a desti- a all-in-one hotel. kind of Thank destination you. destination hotel, but yet it's at Disneyland. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm curious to see what the and their interior, are be and... their interior water parks are famous and phenomenal. Yeah, I can't. That's really exciting. Yeah, and I'm wondering. I too, mean, if... it's it's better than the giant toilet bowls of doom in uh, San Dimas. Well, and I'm... <laughs> I like the ones in San Dimas. You know what'll be interesting to see is how it um, competes with Soak City with knots. Uh huh. Because I mean. Soak City has a lot of locals that go, and it's and it's got the whole Knotts connection. I'm really, really curious how the Great Wolf lo- like. If I'm wondering if the Lodge how they're gonna um, market themselves because do they want locals going? Like, could I get a pass and just go when I want, or is it no? We're gonna make it more. We really want the whole family to go for the entire week. I just really that'll be that will be interesting to see how. And I think the hotels that are around it have got to be really excited. Because now, well, 
you've got, oh, well, there's no rooms there, but maybe if they let a neighboring hotel go to the water park, you know, then that Fairfield Inn or that Marriott might be more attractive because you could walk to the lodge. Yeah. I'm the only one excited, just me and Nancy. Tom? No, I'm excited, too. I think it's very cool. No, actually, I am. Every time I pass by there, I'm like, oh, when is it going to be? Yeah, and then by then, Roscoe... I'm looking forward to seeing what it is. Well, the question is, will Roscoe Chicken and Waffles, which is right down the street from it, open before his great wolf lunch? (laughs) I'm waiting on Roscoe's. Yeah, that's the news. Farrell's will be open before Roscoe's. I think Roscoe's is going to do it. I believe in them. I do, too. Now, whether it's going to stay open long... Have you actually oh, eaten gosh. at Roscoe's? The re- original? No, I know where it is because whenever I go out to see... Okay, here's the problem. When you go out to see your doctor and you're near Roscoe's, it seems kind of wrong to like go to Roscoe's either after an appointment or before an appointment. That just doesn't... like <laughs> you know, Either it's going to screw up my numbers or afterwards it's like, hey, you're doing well. Yeah, well, here goes chicken and waffles doctor like so <laughs> i know where it is and i drive by it whenever i go out there to see my doctors but yeah i've never actually been oh someday one day, baby someday one day. someday all right thank you tony time for rapid fires michael okay i have a couple one is <laughs> yay <laughs> go get him i'm getting on the rapid fire bandwagon here um Another new ink and paint cell is going to be debuting at Disneyland. This is, I talked about it a a while back, this new program that is like the one they have at Disney World. This new one begins on March 5th, and let your conscience be your guide, because it features Jiminy Cricket. This limited edition 1000 Jiminy Cricket cell will be available in a variety of formats, and it has Jiminy Cricket, and he's... um, perched in front of Pinocchio's um, Daring Journey, and he's sort of on a sign, a, a signpost in front of the the attraction. So if you're a fan of this attraction or of Jiminy Cricket or Pinocchio, this one is really cute. So this is going to be available in a variety of formats, including unframed, framed, and framed cell with a postcard, and you can get it with a postcard and a pin. You can get it with a couple of different frames. Also, uh, if you can't make it to Disneyland Resort and you're a big Jiminy Cricket fan, a limited number of cells will be available to pre-purchase online. So you can just go to um, artofdisneyparks.com and you can place your order um, through March fourth and then beginning March fifth it'll be available at Disneyland. My second rapid fire is for folks who have the Disney Visa card. Um, if you're itching to get some authentic Disney Parks merchandise online at the Disneyparks.com store from March third through ninth you can get 25% off your purchase of Disney Parks Authentic Merchandise if you use your card. You have to enter the promotion code DRVCMICKEY. So that's only March 3rd through 9th. So for more information, um, just go to DisneyRewards.com and they will um, have that for you there. Very cool. (laughs) So can you buy me something? Um, all right. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Mary Jo. Um, beginning February 23rd through March 1st, Orange County's having their restaurant week. And there are some restaurants at Downtown Disney that will be participating. And these are uh, Catal Restaurant. They're going to have dinner for $30 for three courses. Naples will have dinner for $20 for three courses. Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen We'll have lunch for $20 and dinner for $30. Steakhouse 55 will have dinner for $40. And this isn't really part of Disneyland, but since Tony just told us about it, Fire and Ice will have a $10 lunch with two courses or a dinner for three, $30 for three courses. And there's a link um, that's going to be in our show notes that has a little bit more information and the menus, as well as other restaurants and in Orange County, but we really only care about these. (laughs) (laughs) 
the salute to all of Orange County, but mostly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mary Jo. I will go next. The La Jolla Playhouse has announced their 2014-2015 season, and it will include the U.S. premiere of the musical The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Ooh. With music by Alan Menken and lyrics by Stephen Schwartz, Hunchback features a book by Peter Parnell. Performances will begin October 28th and continue through December 7th in the Mandel Weiss Theater. Uh, it will be directed by Scott Schwartz, and it is produced by Special Arrangement with Disney Theatrical Productions, who earlier produced, uh, who earlier developed Peter and the Starcatcher, also at the La Jolla Playhouse as part of the Page to Stage Play Development Program. Tickets for the season will be available very soon through subscription purchase only by calling Patron Services Department at 858-550-1010 or visiting lahoyaplayhouse.org. I'm kind of excited because I we heard some of this music, I believe, at Destination D, Michael. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, and that was, I mean, it was in German, but still, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> so that you know, they they're adding some new songs and things to to. This is this has been running in Germany for years yeah. and has been very very popular. But I know they have changed the book a little, and like you said, they have changed some of the music. So if that if you are in town this fall, um, that's something to look look to. How, how far is La Jolla? That's not quite to San Diego, it's a, right? No, it it is in San Diego. It's right along the coast. It's in the middle. Right. It depends what you consider San Diego. If touristy, okay. you consider San Diego Zoo and all that. It's on the way to that, so it's probably like an hour I should, and 30, I know, an hour 40. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Tony. All right. Uh, Nancy. Okay. This one's right up my alley, and it's something we've talked about on the show before, and we've all heard that term steampunk yes Tony remember when you had never heard the term steampunk <laughs> well I'm not cool so <laughs> um, if you go back a year or two in the show archives there'll be something about steampunk I believe it was when we talked about Bats Day yeah, and uh, right. in fact if you go to Bats Day you'll see a lot of steampunk costuming and stuff well Disney got on the steampunk um, bandwagon um and if you listen to our Dave Avanzino um, segment this week, then you'll get to hear a lot more about this. So I'm just going to touch on it real briefly. There's a new exhibit opening up at the Disney Gallery, Mechanical Kingdoms, Steam-Driven, Vigi- bleh, Steam-Driven Visions of a Victorian Future. Um, and it's going to feature the, quote-unquote, Disney side of steampunk. So, um, take a listen to our Dave Evans. The, the hashtag show. Disney side of Steampunk? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm really um, looking forward to it. You know, they've done several pieces. Like, there was a line of Vinylmations that was done in Steampunk. Actually, there's been a couple of them now. And then there was a series of pins that was done in Steampunk. Mm-hmm. And there was a really cool... Didn't they do, like, a really cool, like... It was kind of a book... Or was that a pin set that was done as a book? I don't remember, but that I remember the jewelry that they had that was really neat. Yeah, and steampunk. Love steampunk. Lots of fun. I have lots of friends who are into it. Um, so there you go. If you're awesome. interested, definitely listen to our Dave Evanzino interview. Awesome. Thank you, Nancy. Tony. Okay. Do you guys ever wonder why dogs sniff each other's rear ends? <laughs> why cows need Aren't they saying hello? Why cows need four stomachs to digest their food, or why cats spit up hairballs? You can find out the answers to all these nasty questions and more at Animal Grossology at the Discovery Science Center, which we talked about in the last episode. From now until April 20th, you can get up close and personal with some of the slimiest, stinkiest, and downright yuckiest creatures on Earth through hands-on interactive displays. Find out why flies throw up on their food before they eat it. Explore the four different colors of blood and which colors belong to which animals. Play the slime game and discover which animal is the slimiest of them all. Become a dookie detective and investigate (laughs) doo-doo. 
So the exhibit areas, there's Dookie Lovers, Bloodsuckers, and Slime Makers. And I know in the last episode, we talked about the Discovery Science Center, how they always change things. And if you've got a boy or girl that's in grossology, this might be something for you. And we've talked about it, but the actual prices are for children ages 3 to 14, $12.95. So if you're looking for a day six, now I'm going to keep referring to Mary Jo's day six. Um, <laughs> it's only $12.95 for kids 3 to 14. Adults 15 and up are $15.95. Seniors over... Hashtag age, day six. Yeah. Um, Seniors 62 and up, $12.95, parking's $4. You can actually get an annual membership for $99 for what? Two adults and four kids. So if you are not super local, but local enough that you come multiple times and your kids like this kind of thing, that might be a good deal for you. And they're normally open 10 to 5. So that's just a hop, skip, and a jump from Disneyland. Awesome. Awesome. All right, that is rapid fire. Time for our thread of the week, Mary Jo. This week's thread comes from Devil Arsini um, from Layton, Utah. And it's kind of long, so I'm just going to read parts of the thread. It's a challenge to all of those who don't like Star Wars or Marvel in the parks. Now, most of the time when you when you start these threads, I've either seen them or I can kind of gather what the thread is going to be about. I have no idea what's coming, so. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's it's pretty interesting. Um, Devil Arasini puts, I was thinking today about the several podcasts that I listened to and the threads I have read bemoaning the fact that the Disney company, which owns Marvel Comics and Star Wars properties, are increasingly growing those properties' presence in Disneyland Resort and Disneyland in particular. I have a serious challenge. Not to start an unproductive argument, but a debate to question this reaction to non-traditional Disney properties. Here's my argument in the affirmative. Feel free to respond politely, (laughs) remembering Mm -hmm. that we are all friends here. Um, Disneyland and Disney in general is about fantasy and escapism for children and adults who like to act like children. The many movies and properties that originally started in the Disney catalog have presented a great collection of children's stories and heroes. Many of these movies are about female characters, now referred to as Disney princesses, and they tend to slant female. Now, I hear you saying, what about Jungle Book, Fox and the Hound, Aladdin, etc., etc.? Yes, there are male protagonists, but they aren't the ones me and my friends pretended to be when we were 10. When I was 10 to 13 years old, me and my friends... This means me and a bunch of smelly, loud boys. And pretended to be powerful (laughs) superheroes. I remember being the Hulk. Captain America, and even more obscurely, Black Panther and Union Jack. We wanted superpowers, and we wanted to make things happen. Beat the bad guys. We never played for the goal of getting the girl to fall in love with us. It was to beat the bad guys and make the wrongs right, save the city. My point is that the Marvel superheroes provided that escape for me and made me a geeky boy in a tough neighborhood. Well... As tough as Utah gets in the 70s. (laughs) They made me feel powerful, in control, and even safe. As a parent, I want to share that with my kids, and particularly my sons, although my daughters are force-fed geek culture as well. Um, Disneyland is all about escaping to a world where your dreams come true, but we seem to overdefine what dreams are allowed to come true, meaning authentic Disney property. My dream isn't Alice in Wonderland or even Pirates of the Caribbean. My dreams were of power and might for right. Marvel gave that to me. Then we add in Star Wars. I breathed that property in my youth. How many of you guys breathed Star Wars in your youth? I know I did. Mm. No? I did. I, I did a little bit. We did. I recreated the compactor scene in my room. I dreamed of having the Force. (laughs) I watched the Jedi Training Academy on my last trip to Disneyland and and wished so very much that they had had a row for a six-foot-six-inch guy. They didn't. I wanted a lightsaber, a speeder, a droid, for goodness sake, or a blaster. Where is my blaster? These two properties fit the mold of what Walt made. For him, he wanted to escape to the main street of his youth, a jungle cruise, pirates, Tom Sawyer, and Huck Finn, and the future. The precious vision of the future started for him by Jules Verne, H.G. Wells, and Isaac Asimov, and continued by events like the World's Fair. He was a futurist in the best way. 
last thought to all the purists out there begging. We need the, uh, we, excuse me, last thought to all the purists out there begging. We need the Park Walton vision, the one he would be proud of. We must cherish his legacy. I'm not against this, not in the least, but I think we can't let it mean that we can only have things he touched. Don't get me wrong. We need the Enchanted Tiki Room kept pure, but we need to make room for things that have Disney spirit uh, fantasy, good and heroes. My favorite Walt Disney quotes are, Disneyland will never be completed. It will continue to grow as long as there is imagination left in the world. And what we did yesterday will never be good enough again. Paraphrased, I believe, from what he told the Imagineers. In that spirit that grows and changes the parks, and we still should, Indiana Jones didn't ruin the park, neither did Roger Rabbit or Captain EO. Honey, I shrunk the audience. Oh, I, are you sure about Captain EO? <laughs> well, now, when it first now. came out, <laughs> when it first came out, it was pretty darn cool. Uh, okay. we I don't think bringing in two properties that... One, appeal to boys. Two, have the flavor of fantasy and imagination. And three, further inspire the Imagineers and executives who handle the parks. I don't think bringing in those properties can do anything but good. Of course, we could stick with gas-powered, carbon-spewing, putt-putt cars and pass it (laughs) off as Tomorrowland. But I would prefer that they use that space for something more exciting, something super. So basically, he's um, responding to the people who don't want Marvel to be expanded in the parks or the, the rumor that they're going to be turning Tomorrowland into Star Wars. And so <clears throat> have, hearing what he had to say, you know, what do, what do you guys think about um, the impact of Marvel in the park, especially like in innovations? We all know that, you know, they have Thor and, and um, have Iron Thor. Man. <laughs> they do. I haven't it's seen them yet, chair. but they do. you know and you know besides star tours they're talking about expanding and and actually changing tomorrowland to have more of the star tours uh vision i don't think we've really discussed what we think about these proposed changes to the park so i wanted to bring that up to the team tom what do you think i don't mind adding some star wars stuff but i don't want to see an entire redo of Tomorrowland as a Star Wars land. You think it would hurt it, or what? I just... It's not what the park is all about. We don't have entire lands themed to one thing in Disneyland. Cars land? In Disneyland. Okay. Yeah, he he made sure to say Disneyland. So what do you, what would you think about them taking out Atopia and and the submarines? Atopia can go. <laughs> um, I don't know. I kind of like Atopia to stay, but I submarines as as aesthetically pleasing as they are, as a ride itself, uh, they're kind of nineteen sixties. Yeah, but you know what. Um, oh, it depends. If they, ch- you need to give the kids the chance to drive a car. Yeah, that's and that's yeah. the thing with Autopia. Like I don't like it, and I agree with Tom. But a four-year-old driving that thing is like their happiest thing ever. Yep, yep. A ten-year-old driving it is the happiest thing ever. True. What about you, Michael? I agree with Tom in that I don't want to see. Tomorrowland redone as Star Wars land. I mean, you know, they're talking about redoing that one side of it, you know, from Interventions over towards Autopia and the subs. Um, I would rather see Star uh, Tomorrowland go back to sort of the, sort of the, the, the look, you know, back to what, what is, is tomorrow going to look like, but that sort of sci-fi kitschy, look that it originally looked like so then it won't ever grow old right. and they can do a lot of original you know rides like they used to i have no problem with star wars land and and all that but i'd rather it were a separate land and i know they have designs as showing disneyland with a separate star wars land but you know due to you know budgets and all of that kind of stuff you know it's cheaper to build you know, replace and build than to expand and build. 
But I have no problem bringing those elements into the parks, Star Wars and Marvel. It's just how they do it and where they place them is, you know, more my concern. I agree. Nancy, little known fact, <laughs> I was raised a complete She was Wonder geek. Woman. No, I was always Kitty Pride because she came out when I was about the same age was when they first introduced her character. So I was always her and Psylocke and, and those kinds of characters. You know, Jean Grey. So so there we go. I'm, I totally get him. I totally get him. My brother was a big comic geek. You know, we played Spaceship. We played Star Wars. You know, all that stuff. So it, I totally see his point. And I think sometimes we have to remember that our youth are, com- you know, raised in a completely different um, film and television culture these days. So those are really iconic things for them. Now, that being said, I I think they do have to watch where they put them because most people don't feel that way. Most people don't get it from that perspective. So. I think Honestly, uh-huh. I I wouldn't be upset with a, a Star Wars, necessarily a Star Wars look, per se. I mean, I like, I think Disneyland Paris got it right when they went to the Jules Verne kitsch, when they went to that sort of look, because that really is, like Michael said, it's a look that will never, will never die, because that the Jules Verne and the steampunk look to Tomorrowland is definitely um, a classic. You know, I'm not... They haven't had a great track record of coming up with original rides in Tomorrowlands. Um, You know, a handful of them. But, you know, we can all certainly agree Stitch's Great Escape should never leave the Magic (laughs) Kingdom. (laughs) And I actually liked it better as Alien Encounter, but that's beside the point. As gross as it was, um, but you know, like look what they did—they turned, they turned their um, vision of tomorrow, their robotics, um, you know, with Tom Morrow and the scientist and the Robin Williams voice. They turned that three, um, you know, that three sixty theater into a Monsters Inc. laugh floor in Tomorrowland, really. I mean, it just doesn't fit to me. It's a cute attraction, but it just doesn't fit to me. So, in some ways, looking at the science fiction of the science fiction of comic books and the you know technical fantasy of comic books, I mean, Iron Man fits right in there. I mean, he is the technological um, developer of the future, shall we say? Um, and, and Thor kind of too, I mean, especially when you see how they spun off Asgard with all of its sci-fi, you know, mystical weapons and things like that. So, yeah, you know, they just have to watch how they do it so they don't offend a good chunk of their fan base or that they ease a good chunk of their fan base in more slowly. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think Tom had a good point when he was talking about expand and change rather than replace and change yeah you know so real quickly what what do uh, I, nobody's asked say? me yet oh I'm i was about to say to, i was about to say tony okay tony I, what do you are say getting a little um uh i don't know righteous about this um i and i know i'm the least righteous disney historian on this group and everything <laughs> and i just like to eat and stay in hotels and go on rides i know <laughs> and the history isn't like my thing, um, but I appreciate everything you know Walt stands for and and his product and everything. I think, what if Walt was alive and created these characters? Then would we be okay oh, with it? Anyone? Good question. But he- I, I don't know. What would he do with them? Would he handle them exactly the same as they're being handled well, now? I'm just saying. I think that. There's that whole, well, Walt wasn't there, and this is how Walt would do it. Are we okay with how Pixar is taking over parts of Florida? I'm just, I'm just throwing out, I'm, this is me just being a 
interviewer and not really giving an answer. I'm just trying to make... <laughs> You're just avoiding the no, question, Mr. Spatel. No, I'm trying to make people think. Like, think of... Think of how Pixar is now. We've got a whole Cars land. And I know not in Disneyland, so I agree with Tom on that piece. That kind of bugs me. But I'm just thinking... I don't know if I know I have an answer. I'm just trying to make us think a little bit. Like... Well, you know, I think that those two properties are much more acceptable than the doubt that's swirling around Avatar Land. I mean, that isn't even a Disney-owned property, yet they're about to make an entire land based around it in, in Florida at Animal Kingdom. But, okay, so, you know, which I don't like at all, but Star Wars is... We've got, like, Coke, McDonald's, Disney, and Star Wars. Right, exactly. Like, Star Wars is... Yeah. Like, it kind of fits. I, I, I'm not saying I like I it. I don't think I'm it fits in the concept of Tomorrowland. Star Wars is complete fantasy. It's not even our universe. Wow, we're, getting, and we're getting deep. Neither is no, so I, I know. I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I would rather have a, what in the year 2014 do we think the future is going to be like in 2050 and have that be Tomorrowland. But I don't know. I just, I don't know if I, I don't want to say I don't know if I care that much. Sacrilege. I know. Um. I, you know what? I would love a Star Wars land in California Adventure. So now that I've gotten everybody to think, I'm just making people think. <laughs> I don't like the idea in Disneyland. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't. See, either. and I don't mind it even in Disneyland if it were a separate land. Oh. I think it fits better. In, well, and that's what I had said earlier. I think it, I actually think it fits better in Disneyland if it were a separate land maybe off of Tomorrowland. Okay. I think I could go with that. I'm just trying to make people think. I I agree with, and it was I should have said Michael instead of Tom. Um, I think that's a really good point. It shouldn't replace, especially to me, the classics. But if there is a possibility of of merging part of Tomorrowland, some section of it, and have some of the Star Wars, that would be cool. I don't know about Marvel comics. Containing them in interventions is kind of cool. Um, and maybe if they want to expand, they could do it in there, but not make a Marvel land. That's my own yeah. personal. Marvel pers- Marvel deserves, frankly, its own theme park with as, as varied as that property is. And that, I mean, that has its own audiences. And you could do like a sub theme park or a you know a, a separate game. Let's call or it Islands of Adventure. Yeah, like yeah. it does. Yeah. It sounds very Universal Studios ish. Yeah, well, you know, and considering it's a property that's getting made into a lot of movies, that makes sense that it sounds that way. But I mean, it's a property ripe for. It was never a property that that could have become popular film-wise in earlier days because it, the technology of movie-making just couldn't contain it or handle it today. I mean, that's one of the reasons Stan Lee sold the company. You know, Stan Lee had his issues with the company, which eventually led from it being sold. They tried to make movies back in the day, and it just didn't work because right. the technology didn't allow the movie to really express the same things that the graphic arts of the comic novels did. But animations never had that problem, per se. So, yeah. A lot of kids, it's a big culture. Yep. So, well, some food for thought on, on you know, what the future is going to be for Disney. On the thread itself, um, different people... Um, not everybody, I would say most everybody didn't agree, um, with the original <laughs> post on it. And I think Darva Lucini was basically saying, you know, to bring some stuff that is more, um, geared to boys. Right. And there were some guys who said, uh, well, most people were saying that a lot of these, the attractions are gender neutral Wrong. and it's okay. the merchandising. I have to interrupt with Andrew. This week, we're, at, um, we're in the car, and I said, oh, because we're going to Fire and Ice, we're driving near Disneyland. And I said, when's the last time you've been to Disneyland? Oh, my friend Nicholas, back Christmas. And, you know, I said, um, do you miss it? And he's like, no. Like, not not even, he's like, 
I thought I might, but no. He's a 12-year-old boy. That market now, and I know Tom's like, no, not. Andrew had did not want his pastor. He did not, does not want to go. He just doesn't want to go. And it's not just Andrew. And I said, well, you did go a lot when you were a kid and all that. So that's, but with a million pass holders in Disneyland, there's a lot of 12-year-old boys. And he doesn't yeah. have a little sister that would make us go. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, and he mm-hmm. literally does not want, like, hey, do you want to go? No. He's not mean about well, it or anything. He doesn't want to go. And you have to remember that that, and I guarantee, and I bet you if there was, a, now th- and this is a whole different argument. This is, wow, this is like a serious, like this is uh, Charlie Rose. We're having this like big serious discussion here. But um, <laughs> what do you call it? That um, if they had it, I guarantee he would have probably wanted his pastor in. I'm just, I, I can't, you know what? I will ask him and let us, let everybody know on the next show. Because well, you know they're what? Losing traditionally, that, that's they're losing a market that, Disney's had problems with. They're losing that group. And now, as a business yeah. as a business side of Disney, I would be, let's get that in there now. Because if the son of a Diz Unplugged podcaster doesn't want to go to Disneyland, that tells you something. Well, and that's kind of the reason we have, or that Florida's getting the Seven Dwarfs Mine Coaster, is because um, Tom Staggs has boys. But see, one, oh. and one and one coaster isn't enough, though. No, that's true. Like, yeah, like like Andrew loves the the coaster at um, California Adventure, but that's not enough for him to say when I want to pass. Yeah. Well, you know, preteens, like I said, preteens have often been a real preteen, early teen, I should say, through about sixteen or seventeen. It's always been a hard market for Disney to capture and keep. I mean, think about when we were kids. Think about how Disney wasn't cool after a certain point. Like, I mean, Zoe's starting to get to the age where, you know, you don't wear prince things with princesses on them. You don't, you know, you just don't do that. It's not, I mean, that's why it's all about Monster High for her, is because it's an older look. It's an older... It's it's distinguishing. I'm not a, a little girl anymore. Like it's interesting. I think if let's say we live in Florida, and it was um and he had access to like Epcot and the studios, I think he'd get a pass. I'm gonna ask yeah. him. Now I gotta ask him, and then we're gonna come back and report on this. Um, I'm gonna ask him because I think Epcot. Okay, you got food. Twelve year old kids like food. Like and all the food. I think I think that would be okay. And then um, even the countries as a twelve year old boy aren't. Aren't like oh those are lame, you know what I mean? I, yeah, I'm, because I'm gonna, they're learning yeah. about those in school. Yeah, I'm and... gonna I'm gonna ask, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask. Of course, when you ask, okay. why are you asking? You're moving to Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, no, because I'm curious to see what would I'm gonna ask him just flat out what would make you want the pass. Of course, he's gonna feel bad. Like, Dad, I'm sorry, I don't want. Like, no, I'm doing this. No, tell this him that podcast. it was part of a discussion, right? And it's going to be your Make housekeeping. Him, subject him to the show. Make him listen. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, coming from the Midwest, and I mean, I'm, I guess I've got a little different perspective than you guys, because coming from the Midwest, it, you know, and you don't have Disneyland, you don't have the th- just the theme park to go to, you know, that's a, that's where you lose that cool factor. I mean... Growing up here, I don't see my kids losing the Disneyland thing because we can go all the time and it's, you know, it's a fun family thing to do. And they're, and they've learned how to look at things. Like Lily's got, for a seven year old, she's got a really sophisticated eye on things she likes and doesn't like and why. So, you know, she's always going to find the good in it. But, you know, coming from another area of the country, you know, where you just don't have that daily or weekly or monthly, you know, visiting capability. It's just a different perspective. I think it is. Well, on the thread, there's it goes back and forth and um, some really good points made. So I recommend if um, anybody would like to um, add their own thoughts and either, you know, some counterpoints to Marvel and Star Wars in the parks and or read some of the um, discussion. There's It's a really good discussion, really long post, so I'm not going to um, read them, but very thoughtful ideas 
as far as Marvel in the parks and Star Wars. So we have we'll have the link in our show notes. Yep, always. Thank you, my Joe. Thank you, team. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.